A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you are well and joining me uh, on this week's show to look ahead to Saturday's trip up to the Pirelli Stadium to take on Burton Albion. First up, uh, Mark Newbury. How doing, Mark? Uh, I'm fine, mate. You just called me out of way because you normally always come to me second. So yeah, well, I, 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 never noticed. I've never, I never noticed any order. But there you go. Caught you, caught you out by surprise. Caught, mate, caught mate, surprise. Just, just having a mouthful of tea. So. Oh, there you go. Got to be on your toes in this game, Mark. And uh, <laughs> also joining us. Uh, a man who's a bit down uh, in the dumps at the moment because he's got COVID. Lewis Cat, how you doing, Luke? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Surviving. I'd like to point out that we're doing this over over the internet at this point. I would refuse to speak to you face to face. Normally yeah, you would exactly. anyway, but especially yeah, no, now. I, was, I was about to say, doesn't need COVID for that, is it? Yeah. yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm all good. Excellent. Um, bit rough at the start of the week, but I think I'm coming around the other side of it now which is all good excellent stuff well on uh, this evening's show then like I said we're going to be looking ahead to that game uh, up at Burton Albion we're going to hear of course from the uh, addicts caretaker boss Johnny Jackson he's going to look ahead to that game uh, for us uh, also look back at the uh, briefly the, the game in the Papa John's pizza trophy uh, against Leighton Orient during the week. Uh, talk a little bit about the women's team. Uh, we've got the cup draw to discuss as well. We've got an excellent draw in the cup. Uh, talk a little bit more about Albie Morgan because I asked uh, Jack about him on, on Tuesday. Uh, and we've got Dave Fletcher from BBC Radio Derby is uh, going to tell us all about Burton Albion uh, as well. So just before we hear Jacko preview the game, Lewis, it is a big game um, against uh, against Burton. You know, obviously coming back off a couple of cup games, uh, you know, one excellent win in the FA Cup, one sort of, you know, narrow defeat at Leighton Orient that we don't pay too much attention to because it was mainly a, an under-23 side. Um, but yeah, this is a big one because we need to make sure that we keep up the momentum that we've had in the league over the last few weeks under Jackson. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it probably comes a little bit unexpectedly as well, because I think we all thought that the game might have been called off with the international break. So it's another game we've had to prepare for. Uh, another quick turnaround with the FA Cup on Saturday and then uh, the Pizza Trophy on Tuesday night coming into this as well. Um, obviously, we'll be short of a few bodies, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be a huge game. Um, we, we tend to have a couple of dodgy spells up there. I mean, last season, our game against Burton up there was one of the most bizarre results you could imagine. They were really struggling at the time. And uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's got them playing some fairly decent football. And they're an outfit that have looked okay this season so far. And yeah, coming up against us at a, at a time where our league form uh, has been, you know, nigh on perfect since the change in management. And there's a real positive attitude and positive feel around the place. So we've not been on the road um Proper, well, you can obviously the Johnson's paint, Johnson's paint pizza trophy. Sorry, on Tuesday, um, but we've we've had those sort of three home games on the spin with the with the FA Cup as well. So the last time we were on the road, that big travelling support up at Sunderland, we managed to grind out that result kind of against the odds. So a bit of a different fixture this time around, I think, because they're sort of <clears throat> in a similar position to where we are in the table, not a million miles apart. So. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. I think two two strong sides and I think we'll go into it with a bit of confidence, especially the way that we've been playing leading up to now. 
Excellent stuff. Right, well, let's hear from the, the caretaker boss, Johnny Jackson, then looking ahead uh, to the game. Starting off, of course, with the injury news. We know that we've got uh, Washington and Gunter missing away on international duty, but there's also a number of players uh, who could potentially be missing uh, through injuries. And, and with that slightly smaller squad we've got uh, this weekend, it's important to know exactly where the squad is sitting. So let's uh, let's hear from JJ. He starts with the latest injury news. Yeah, well, Harry Hart is in full training, so it's, uh, he's available for selection. Uh, Lika and Adam Matthews probably just going to come a little bit too soon for those uh, and Pape we're just assessing uh, Pap came off obviously towards the end of uh, the game Tuesday night just feeling his hamstring a little bit nothing too serious um, he didn't train today we'll, we'll reassess it again tomorrow with a view to can he be involved can he be involved come the weekend but that, that's one that's a late call we'll have to make obviously with Chris Gunter not, not available it's probably your first real serious juggle of, of the way you want to play on Saturday yeah, yeah, it's either it's an opportunity for someone else. Uh, you have to look at it. Do we do we tweak the system? Do we stick with what we're doing? And and someone just comes in in that in that role. Um, and obviously, Connor Washington missing as well will mean an opportunity for someone else uh, in a more advanced position. So, yeah, I have to decide now whether you know I juggle the pack if you like, whether I stick to to what we've been doing. Uh, which has been working really well, and, and and just use different personnel in those positions. That's what I've got. To, that's what I've got to decide now. But now we're in the Pirelli Stadium. Uh, they're uh, just above mid-table. They've won six, lost six. They don't score many, although that's not an exact science, obviously, in, in, especially in this league. Uh, but you've got to be looking at it as an opportunity to, to close the gap on, on on the teams above. Of course, yeah, an opportunity for us to go. We're in a good place. We're we're on a good run of form. Uh, it's a game I'm really looking forward to. I feel like we can go there and win for sure. Um, but we know that they come, they come with their dangers, with their threats. We lost there last year. That's still quite fresh in my mind with the nature of that defeat. Uh, so I want to put that one right. But I know we have to turn up right. We have to turn up right because they're, they're a difficult side to play against. You know, they can, they can play a few different ways, a few different formations. So they're, they're quite tough to prepare for. Um, but what I do know is they'll compete and they'll make it difficult for you. So we have to turn up there and be ready, be ready for that side of it first and foremost, um, then I believe we've got the quality uh, to hurt them. Definitely got the quality to hurt them like we have any team. So, um, yeah, nothing changes from my point of view. Same as if we have been. Uh, compete with them first and foremost and then hopefully our quality tells. I mentioned there about uh, looking to close the gap on the, on the team's above uh, and it's the Johnny Jackson effect, I think, because, uh, yeah, well, we might have lost Tuesday, but uh, the, the feel-good factor around the place and in the fan base means that uh, fans are looking up but when you consider only a point away from the bottom four uh, it's a strange it's a strange situation so it just shows the effect that Johnny Jackson's had since you've come into caretaker manager and that's the feeling around the place and that's the feeling of the fans is that they're going to Burton looking at close gaps rather than looking underneath Absolutely and that's the way it should be we should be approaching every game with, in a positive way thinking that we can win and I, I certainly feel that way I know the players do the players are in a great place um, there, you know, there is a feel-good factor around the place. Where the supporters have been unbelievable uh, since I took charge, and uh, you know, the, the boys have been fantastic in the games. Not only in the games, in the training, there's a real bounce about them, and I'm, I'm really pleased with where we are as a group. Um, but can't rest, can't rest. After that, has to be us going forward now. And, and if we can maintain that, then we will start looking up, and we will start closing the gap between teams above us and climbing away from teams below us. I've got, I've got no doubt about that. But yeah, we find ourselves still 
in not a great position in the league. So it's nice to have got out of that bottom four, but now we have to start. Yeah, we have to start reeling teams in above us and and looking up, looking up and try and put a little bit of daylight between us and those below. Great to hear from Jacko there. We'll hear from him more throughout the pod, of course, uh, this evening. Looking ahead to the game with Burton. He started off with, with the injury news first, uh, Mark. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Obviously, the likes of Arta, Leco, Matthews and Suare. Uh, I think you'd have to describe them all as doubts. Other than Arta, like Arta's as, as a potential, obviously, he's, he's been training. Uh, but the other three all, all seem to be doubts. So obviously, as we know, with Washington and Gunter missing, there, there are going to be a few selection headaches. And, I mean, Jacko will be hoping to see something from whoever he brings in, you know, I guess a chance for whoever comes in to, you know, stake a claim and therefore they have to make sure they're at the top of their game as well on Saturday. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I was looking at it earlier and thinking we've got no Gunter, no Matthews, so that's our right side. Is he likely to play Corey Blackett-Taylor there as a right back? Not really. Um, my thinking is he'll put Sean Clare there um, because he can, he was a defender. I know he's not his great favourite position to be but I think needs must um, it's difficult to know who else he could swap out to the right you not really want to put any of your centre halves out um, Leco, you know we've got DJ we've, we've got an abundance of wingers so I'm not so worried about that it's more of a defensive on that side was just giving me a bit of a headache earlier so I don't know how JJ's going to cope with it yeah it won't be easy I mean that, that's probably a good suggestion from Mark there about Sean Clare playing I mean he, he did play on, on the right uh, in in the cup game, I think he played as one of the right the right centre back, didn't he? Or, or did he play as a wing back? I can't remember now. But I mean, he can sort of fit in uh, along that side. Lewis, is that is that one you're going to go for? I mean, obviously Deji Leraway um, signed his new deal. He could be a potential to come into that that back three as well. If that's what we stick with, it is it is a bit of a headache trying to get your head around exactly what JJ is going to go with. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's got some options there. I mean, yeah, you're right. It was that that back three um, with Sean Clare played on the on the right hand side of that three as a right centre half, and I thought he had a really good game actually. I thought, especially in the first half where we we weren't really at it. I didn't think. I thought Sean Clare was the standout performer for me. Um, got forward well, worked well with Corey on the right hand side. So I wouldn't be surprised if we did see that sort of set up again. Um, I know Jacko. Um, said you know we're going to be without Adam Matthews, I imagine, and with Gunter being away, we are kind of within that system where we probably do need to have like a back three and and play with wing backs because I'd be surprised if he if he stuck Deji in there because if you take him away, then you haven't really got a a backup on the bench if one of them gets injured. If you're starting Piercy and Fanwo from the off, if one of them gets injured and you haven't got a like for a like for like replacement on the bench that might be something that is playing on his mind as well. But I thought Sean Clare did a good job there as well. And Corey did a fairly decent job on the right-hand side. And then obviously we got Perrington for the left. So I'd probably, if I was Jack, I'd probably go for that sort of system. Mm, interesting stuff. And now obviously the fact that Connor Washington's missing, I mean, a like-for-like replacement uh, in the form of Josh Davison. Um, you know, he, he played 45 minutes on Tuesday, uh, was taken off at half-time. And, and, and you'd have to assume, Mark, that that would be with with, with the game coming up in, on Saturday in mind. Um, it's, it's not like he's he's going to be out of place or anything like that. I feel like he could do that role. Obviously, we like Connor and we know what he's about. But you know, I feel like Josh would be an able deputy. He's proven this, this so far this season that he probably can be. Yeah, I like Davison. He's got a good work ethic. He's got a great engine. Um, he's going to do the running that Washington will have done. And I think you have to keep someone alongside um, Jaden up front. You just can't sort of like tweak it too much. 
So the personnel may change, but I think you've got to keep the same system. And with Davison, I mean, he's he's good. He's, he's you know he takes his goals well, and he he looks like a threat. And okay, he's not prolific at the moment, but you know he's chances are have been slim. So I think this could be a chance he might grab for himself. I mean, if if he comes in, maybe scores a couple or sets up one on um, Saturday, that could see when Washington comes back, it's not an automatic. I mean, Jacko said, you're playing for your shirt. You know, OK, Washington's off on international duty, so it's not down to him. But, you know, this could be a stake for Davison. I think, as a professional player, if you know there's sort of like one person in front of you and you're doing better than him, that's going to be a huge motivation for keeping you working at 100%. Um, and it looks like he's settled down a bit from being almost like bull in a china shop running to being right i'm going to time my runs better now so you know i'm i'm grateful that we've got those two i mean it's it's not it's it's too early to have i mean i don't i don't think he'll put burst on the bench but you know it does leave us a little short up front you know i'm not sure who he's it's going to probably bench is going to be defenders and midfielders on saturday so but no i've got no problems with davison Mm, excellent stuff. Right, I mean, the, the game itself, obviously we talk about personnel. Um, in terms of that bit of momentum, I just wonder how much this this almost two weeks away from playing first-team league football will will affect us because obviously there were changes for the FA Cup game um, and, and as you'd expect for the, the, the trophy game in, in the midweek, Lewis. But, you know, that, that last game against Rotherham, you remember that barnstorming second half where we... we you know, really had a go, finally equalised late on. You know, everyone's buzzing that we, you know, we, we've come off the back of two two good results before that. I mean, do you feel like some of that momentum ha- will, will have gone purely because of the, the amount of time since we've played, you know, for all, uh, all, all, you know, to be fair, hopefully not saying this the wrong way, but a, a proper game? Yeah, I know what you mean. Is it naturally we've come up against lesser opposition and, you know, the, the pizza trophy, we were, we're already through and as we're Orient. So you can look at it as... It was just a bit of a, you know, it was a fixture that had to be played, but really didn't really mean anything to anybody. Uh, the FA Cup game, you know, we weren't, yeah, they were a lesser opposition, but we weren't good enough in that first half. And the majority of the second half, really, it was only after 70 minutes we really came alive and, and we polished it off. And that was that was good and encouraging to see because I think we, before, maybe the Charlton under Nigel Adkins, if we were putting in a performance like that against Haven't Waterlooville last weekend, we might not have got the result overall. I think that there's definitely a real character and a real drive in this side that, that Jacko expects. And I think he expects a certain performance from, from his players. And he would have been disappointed with the first half showing last Saturday. Um, but ultimately, we come out and we still managed to put four goals past them. And I think that that has to count for something. And, you know, this would be a, a break normally where we'd, we'd have the international break. And we've had it this time already this season twice where we've not been able to capitalize off victories off the back of an international break so now we have that game that that game straight away that maybe originally would have looked like it had been called off and hasn't been we're coming off the back of a cup win um and then the the game midweek it's an opportunity to see how that momentum can kick on and it'll be a real test of character and and the players and and a real test of of jacko to see if we've kind of broken that duck if that makes sense because we're coming off the back of a little bit of a break as you say because of the the maybe the standard of opponent that we've played over the last fortnight but at the same time we've still got a hell of a job to do and we're still in a in a bit of a precarious position in the division and and if we're going to get out of that then the performances need to remain 
at the level they were, um, you know, over the last few weeks since Jacko's taken the reins. Mm. Is it right we we have to play this game, Mark? Obviously, we know the rule is three players away on international duty, and Hadi Gandor's out on loan at the moment, so whether he gets called up or not is irrelevant. Um, and Harry Arter didn't get called up, so but we were still we're losing. Gunter and Washington, and and let's let's just say, I mean, if you're if you're losing players to international duty, I think the fair assumption would be that they're amongst your best players. I, I don't know if I'd say that for Gunter personally, but he's he's a more than able right back. But Washington's certainly an important player for us, uh, and Gunter is a reasonably important player for us. So the idea being that you you have to play when you've lost two of your most important players, you know, up and down the leagues, does seem a bit unfair. I mean. Am I am I asking for too much to say maybe bring it down to one player or just let us choose when we want to play? <laughs> yes, you are. And you're going to get a lot of hate mail from Tom having a go at one of his Welsh compatriots. Um, it's, it's difficult because I understand why it's been put in there. But then you do have, you know, some l- lower countries out of the top 100 who sort of like pick up some players. And you're thinking, well, hold on a minute. You know, you're cancelling a game because, you know, Montevideo have got, got your you know one of your defenders who's in your squad and it's a bit crazy and you can be without those players through injury at any time anyway so it just happens now we're talking about it because we don't have Matthews and you know we are a little light up front so I think it's there for a reason you know if they're not going to choose Arthur they're not going to choose Arthur I think you have to make make do with what you've got I mean you can't anything could have happened say there wasn't an international uh, break this week and then in training Washington does a hammy, you know, Gunter does his knee. We we would have been without them anyway, and we'd been looking to, you know, change it around and see, we'd be having the same conversation, but without the international break in it. So I think you just have to sort of like put up with it. I mean, it, the only thing about it sometimes is that when you, you know, you plan ahead, you book your train travel, your hotel, et cetera, et cetera, and then a game gets called off because of these call-ups, you know, or or then goes ahead, or then the rearranged game is put on a sort of like a Tuesday night, and you're thinking, well, that's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. I've got to take off. It's the inconvenience is probably more when you have a game called off for, for internationals than there is the benefits from it. So you know, circumstances change all the time in a football club. Mm. So. I mean, it will say an interesting precedent. I haven't actually looked it up, so someone out there might know the answer. But obviously, the Premier League have announced today uh, the season dates for next season, and they'll be starting a tiny bit early, finishing a tiny bit late, and having that that break of almost a month in in the middle of the season for the um for for the for the World Cup out in Qatar next next year. But I haven't seen it confirmed yet if the EFL clubs are going to do the same because I mean, you you just, you'd assume at minimum the Championship definitely will. But then if we're playing by the same rules, does that mean? We're going to be playing through the World Cup. I mean, you know, again, unlikely that Wales and Northern Ireland are definitely going to be involved in that. But it could it could end up costing us certain players if you know will we have a month off then, whereas the rest of the League One plays on that. That's yeah, it just poses the question. But anyway, um, Lewis, you mentioned about that 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 last away game we had under Jacko in the league was obviously up at Sunderland and one where we did have to grind it out a little bit. Um, this is a, a different challenge against Burton. Obviously, they're, they're not the level of Sunderland, uh, or at least the one that Sunderland used to be before they lost to us and fell apart again. Um, but considering it's, it's not going to be the same as the, the, the game against Doncaster either. So it's going to be about try, finding that balance to make sure we're not too open, but actually start to impose ourselves a bit more on this game, similar, similar to we did, to be fair, up at Sunderland after the first 10 minutes or so. But we'll, we'll need to find a way to hurt them. And, and obviously, Jacko says that he feels we've got plenty of ammunition in the squad to go and do that, even without the likes of Connor Washington. Yeah, we do. And it is a completely different opponent to Sunderland, as you say. 
I think Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's done a very good job since he's gone in there. You know, the, when we played them last time, I think they were they were rock bottom and they still they beat us at five three or something, wasn't it ridiculous? And um, he's gone in there last season. They were on an incredible run and they've they've done sort of you know a fairly decent job so far this season. Sort of mid table, you know, nothing special, but but not alarmingly poor either. Um, they had a good result midweek in the in the Papa John's Trophy as well, didn't they? Beat Wickham five nil at Wickham. I assume that was a weekend side, but. Still to put five past them at Adams Park is an achievement, and they beat they beat Fleetwood last weekend as well, and and you know they've had some good results. I mean, they're a, they're a side that are always difficult to beat, and it's going to be a real test. And as you said already, with the absences that we do have in in Chris Gunter and Washington, it does leave us slightly short. But I think the way we're playing at the moment, the confidence has to be high given the level of performances in the league, especially. There's players that are going to get an opportunity, as we've already touched on. Josh Davison may get a may get the nod up front, and he's someone that probably does deserve a chance because he always puts in strong performances, always gives a hundred percent. And then also an, an option for for someone to to play on that right hand side if if we can't get a, a, a full on right back in in Matthews or Gunter, then a system to suit might get it might get Deji a ninety minutes. It might get. Um, Sean Clare in 90 minutes you know there's, there's opportunities for players that are, that are going to be knocking at the door for Jacko and you know the, the noise is coming out of the out of the squad and the players coming out and saying they really want Jacko to get the job and stuff like that it, it 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 all sort of leans towards a very happy camp and I think that at the moment the positivity and the confidence is at, is at such a good level that we we can go there full of confidence and I'm, I'm confident that we can get a result yeah well those points about the fact that the players have, have shown their uh, support for Johnny Jackson in, in, in the press. Uh, it leads us on quite nicely, actually, to this tweet from Gary. It says, Hi, gents. I don't understand why the owner has not given the manager's job to Johnny Jackson yet. If he brings in another manager, he might uh, want to bring in his own people and JJ would be let go. The owner would then lose all credibility uh, with the supporters. Keep up the good work. That's from Gary. Well, Jacko was asked uh, today uh, during press day by Terry what his conversations have been like uh, with Thomas Sangard over the last few weeks. Well, we're in regular dialogue, you know, about how it's going, the training, in the, the upcoming games, uh, you know, my thoughts on team selection and, and what I'm working on in training, but we haven't, uh, hasn't advanced any further than that at the minute. There we go. So, I mean, they have been in conversation a fair bit, but not really leaning towards anything about the permanent job just yet, according to Jacko there. Um, I mean, it, it's clear, Mark, that I think if Jacko don't get the job, this is why I was having this conversation with someone the other day, if Jacko don't get the job this time, then he'll he'll leave surely I mean I can't imagine he'll be happy to go back to being assistant manager again and you know it, I guess it does depend what's out there at the time but I mean it, it would be a bit of a slap in the face um, you know in, in, unless the results absolutely drop off a cliff at the moment so I mean this is a really sort of fragile time for us a really, it's sort of teetering one way like we, we're all sitting here hoping that Jacko continues we go on this wonderful run and Jacko becomes our manager but at the back of our mind, I think we all know that if, if it all goes wrong or if Thomas makes a decision elsewhere anyway, this could be the last few months with Jacko at the club. It's crazy, isn't it? It is. Um, and I think I can see both sides of the um, disagreements over it um, with people saying, you know, bring in someone new and people saying, well, give it to him straight away. I can understand to a point that Thomas isn't rushing into it. Um and we've had he's had what three, four games in, in you know sole charge in, in the last month. Uh, I know you know sometimes you're letting your heart rule over your head, 
but we've talked about it before many times on the show. If if he were to go, who would come in, and you know what? Not a Charlton person, as it may be. You know, there's a few ex-Charlton players who have gone into management, um, but it's not like there's an abundance. And I think you're right. I think he would lose a lot of the um, goodwill. I think the fans were willing to put up with not not being backed right at the beginning of a transfer. Because, you know, they said, you know, we've got to give it time and we've got these players and by the end of it we had a fairly decent squad. Okay, it was too late. But fans are still on Thomas's side to a point. And I th- but I think if they thought that Jacko was being unfairly treated, I think that would soon go. And I think Thomas would soon find, you know, himself targeted as such. And because if a new manager came in and they didn't get any bounce or they didn't get anything out of them, he's going to look, A, very stupid, and B, you know, it's, he's going to find out that, you know, the balls and taxis and pigs may return. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, know, hope it I won't, sh- hope it won't get to that. But, um, yeah, yeah you, you never know, because I do think the strength of feeling about Johnny Jackson is obviously very high. Um, you know, I'm seeing a fair few tweets about fans who'd like to see Jacko given the job as soon as possible. Uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm speaking with my heart, obviously I, I'm definitely in that camp. When I'm speaking with my head, I don't think I'm too far away from being in that camp as well because, you know, how many more how many more results does it take? I can understand, as you say, Mark, that you might want to wait a little bit of time. But then, Lewis, I guess, I mean, how, how, how long do you wait? And uh, do you want to ride on this, this, this sort of wave of positivity that, that we're in at the moment? I mean, if we go and win 4-0 on Saturday, is that enough? Is that enough to, for him to get the full-time job? I think it would have to be, to be honest. I think that, you know, I know that Thomas maybe feels we're in a position at the moment where, you know, we're doing well. Keep it, just keep it for now. See how we get on, see how they react. And I I understand that at the moment there's no real rush, but also at the same time, I think the squad will be looking at it thinking, well, we really want Jacko to have the job. We And they'll be quite unsettled the longer that it goes on, I yeah. think. Do, do you think Thomas will listen to those those players? Do you think that will play a part in it? Um, I think as a as a football owner, you has to. I think I think you'd have to because it it you know happy happy players resorts to happy performances on the pitch, and we're seeing that now. You know the the transformation that that Jacko has made to that side basically overnight. That can't that you know that's not just by chance. That's that's by you know hard work, effort, and also respect. And Johnny's been here such a long time, and he has the respect of the supporters, but. He also has the respect of some big players in that dressing room. You know, there'll be players there that that didn't play with Jacko when he was here, but there'll be players that have worked under him for the whole time they've been here. But players like Jason Pierce, who club captain, you know, he's played with Jacko, so and he has a good relationship with him. And I think that 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 feeds off and filters down. And I mean, Jaden Stockley's been with the club for what almost almost a year, maybe. You know, he's had he had the loan spell in January, and then he's come back permanently, and he's coming out and saying he wants Jacko to get the job. I think that Jacko as a as a personality within our football club, he has that that proper Charlton mentality that always seems to go down a treat when they come in. The, the likes of Lee Bowyer, Chris Powell, you know, they come in and it just works and it just fits. And I think that they people like that understand what we want as supporters. And we know that we're not going to win every single game every week, and we're not going to trounce people every single week. Some games we're gonna are going to be rough and and ready, but as long as we see that that effort. And, and performance that you expect of a Charlton side, then the fans will back him all the way. And we've seen that so far. You know, the, the noise at Rotherham was outstanding. And that there's no way that that didn't help, you know, pull us towards the goal in the second half, get the equaliser. And to be honest, Rotherham were, were lucky not to 
not to concede right at the end as well and, and concede all three points. So I think that the club is moving in such a positive direction now on the pitch. The players are happy. There's good performances out there. The fans are happy. The Valley's rocking again. And you have to look at it and think, well, you know, Johnny Jackson's in charge of this and he steered it into this position. You know, what what risk is there to take by giving him the job? I, I don't see it at all. I think if if he gets a good result this weekend, then give him the job. Excellent and stuff. just see what happens. Our expect, expectation's not promotion anymore, really, is it? But there's still a small chance of it. So why not give him a job while the expectations are off? Right, well, let's uh, sully everything we've just said by uh, looking back at the first defeat of the Jackson era. Uh, we travelled to Leighton Orient in the Pizza Cup uh, on Tuesday. Uh, this is how it went down and Jacko's reaction to it as well. So he's going to press chin and then Hilarious slips over. Gives the ball to Smith into the edge of the penalty area. Takes a shot and there is the opening goal. And it's come from a Charlton mistake. Paul Smith has capitalised it on it and the home side take the lead. Yeah, uh, and that, that's, that's a huge uh, Disappointed to lose the game, of course. Uh, never liked losing. Um, I didn't like the circumstances of, of their goal. I thought it was just really, it's a really poor goal to, to, to concede. Um, and I thought... I thought we was disappointing in the second half. I thought first half we done well. Uh, took on board a lot of the stuff that I, that I asked of them. I thought we played with a little bit of tempo and a little bit about us. But uh, I felt that dropped off in the second half. I thought we was worse when they went down to ten with our use of the ball. I think we was we was wasn't brave enough in possession. I don't think we was patient enough in that time. I think it was too quick to go forward uh, when we could have worked worked it. Worked it better, had an extra pass, waited for the gaps to open, and we didn't do it. We was in too much of a hurry to do everything, and uh, I think it was an opportunity missed at that stage of the game to to, to go on and win it. As you talk about this being an opportunity, is an opportunity for a lot of the younger players to get involved today. And even though you might not say it's the most important game we're going to play this season, obviously with the circumstances of already being through, you'd still, I guess, hope to see something that, that might catch your eye for the sort of future careers coming up ahead of them. Yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an opportunity to, to impress me. It's a, it's a stage, isn't it, to go and play some senior football in front of a, a good crowd on a good pitch in a good stadium. So, uh, good opportunity there. And uh, I think there was there was signs in the first half that, that, that people were going to go and grab it. But then as the game wore on, I felt like we Orient came into it a lot stronger and uh, finished much stronger than what we did. And I thought we fell away in that second half. And... Uh, Go going nil nil at half time, buoyant, thinking we're going to come out and, and carry on dominating and go on and win it, and, and we fell away. So it's an opportunity missed in that regard. Obviously, this competition has given Charlton the, the chance to give a lot of youngsters their debut, and we saw two more today with Backman and Chimwood. Did you make of those two today? This evening? Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to see young lads uh, uh, get their debuts, and I thought they I thought they applied themselves well. Uh, and again, like, as in with the whole team, I think. Uh, certainly in that first half there was there was some uh, really promising signs but then I think second half we went away not not those two individuals us as a team we went away from doing the things that, that we'd done well in the first half and it got us a little I mean not loads of joy but a little bit of joy and uh, I felt, certainly felt we was on top anyway and uh, and then we came away from Narrow defeat in the end at Leighton Orient. I'm, I'm, I'm paying to count it as the first defeat of the Jackson era because, I mean, it's a, it's a 
there's the cup with like basically an under twenty three side, so it's not it's not really. And and there were, I mean there were some good moments in it, Mark. I know not many people actually watched it. I was I was over there and we hit the bar in the first half, and uh, I think it was Dempsey had a, had a really good chance with a header. Uh, but then uh, you know <laughs> an uncharacteristic mistake from Deji Eleraway. Uh, Obviously now he's got that big contract. He's down tools and decided to fall over in front of goal. And Paul Smith scored scored as many goals against us now as he did for us, and done more backflips for Leighton Orient than he ever did for us. Yeah, celebrating with a backflip in that kind of game, it's just like, yeah, well done, mate, and congratulations. You know, <laughs> put, that, put, that, put that trophy up at home. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it was what it was. One, it was a mean list because we'd already qualified. Two, you know, it gave good experience to, you know, what three of them started for the first time. I know Burstow had played, you know, come on and score, but this is his first actual start. Um, gives the keeper, you know, I think they've got a lot of them. Um, Respect for Harness, you know, and I think there's a lot of enthusiasm for keeping him um, at a club. So it gives him, and he, you know, according to it, you know, he made some good saves. And it is, you are throwing, not throwing sort of people who haven't played together, because obviously they have played together in some style, but you're still, and you've got to give your opposition, you know, a try in as well. It's not like everyone's going to just bend over and take it, you know, from us when we turn up, you know, as our big child and athletic, you know, they're going to, you know, their manager would have got them up saying, you know, like, you can go out and win this and we'll get a home tie, blah, blah. So it is what it is. You know, do you, do you count it as a defeat? Of course you do. You know, we lost. But, you know, do you start then going like sack my manager? No, you don't because you put it into perspective. Um, so it is what it was. It got experience, you know, always one of these things where, they say, oh, you know, but I'd want to put him in the team, but he hasn't got enough experience. He hasn't got enough. You know, this is how these players get this experience. Because they have it. You know, will Deji make that mistake again? You hope not. You hope he learns from it. That's the whole idea of being a kid in a football team, that if you do make a mistake, it is in the um, Papa Pizzas, and it's not in uh, Wembley. So, you know, it, it's what it is. Did, did, I, did I feel mopey and upset like I normally do when we lose? No, I just went, oh, oh, that was it. And when... And say Paul Smith scored for them, you're thinking, oh, okay. You know, that, that's his loan is like to Leighton Orient, lets you know what his career tra- trajectory is like. Mm. So he's not played a great deal there as well. I think he's, I think he's struggled with injuries to be, to be fair. Apparently put, put his back out doing a, a backflip in training after scoring a goal. Um, but there we go. Uh, great, great numbers actually travelled over to Leighton Orient. It's the first time. We've played there in what was effectively a competitive game uh, for about 10 years. And, and Charlton fans made an excellent noise there. But it wasn't to be uh, on the evening. We are through still, though, to the next round of draws on Saturday. I think it's about 2 o'clock. So everyone will be in Burton uh, desperately hanging around and looking at people's phones to find out who we'll be away to in the next in the next round. Can't wait. Can't wait for that one. Right, let's have a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll turn our attention to another cup game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kirk again. To his left is Gunter. Gunter with the cross. It's a search across. Joyce! The searching cross from Chris Gunter. Joyce beats the Kvatian to the ball against Chamberlain. Yeah, and we talk about this week in, week out, about players anticipating coming in from the far side, getting inside the fullback, spotting that cross early, making the run, anticipate, get across your man and meet it well. I mean, it's a very brave header from Joyce Seaman. Charlton Live. Hi Charlton fans, it's Rachel here. Just want to let you know we've got a huge derby game this Sunday against Crystal Palace. We'd really appreciate your support and hope that as many of you can come as possible. It's 2pm kickoff at Bromley and we really look forward to seeing you there. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We just heard there as well from Rachel Nubra from the Addicts women's team. Uh, massive game coming up on Sa- on Sunday at Hayes Lane, two o'clock kickoff uh, away to Palace. Uh, I'm, I'm going to head over there and, and watch the girls. And I mean, uh, you know, the couple of defeats and then followed up by a decent draw at Sheffield United uh, last weekend, Lewis. So I mean. Yes, I don't know if it's perhaps not going quite as swimmingly as everyone would hope and expect, especially after the the fast start at home. Um, but the Charlton are still certainly very competitive in this division, and, and I'd expect them to be challenging for promotion this season. If you know, certainly the top half, and, and it's a tight league, um, and, and there's, there's no better place to go than the, uh, the the local derby against Palace. I mean, you and I both went to that one behind closed doors last year to, to commentate and it was a really sort of intensely fought game and we were we were unlucky to come away with just a point after a last minute own goal. So a little bit of revenge out there and there's a little bit of needle between the two clubs. For some reason, they don't seem to like us. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's going to be a big game, actually. I'm gutted I can't go because I was, I was penciled to do that game, on, I think, on the commentary as well. So it would have been good. Um but yeah, you know, it's as you say, so far this season, the girls have been fairly fairly competitive, haven't they? They've, they're up there. I think they're fourth in the division at the moment. They may have just slipped slightly after the weekend, but it shows how tight it is and, and anyone can really beat anyone. I mean, Palace beat top of the league at the weekend, which is a real surprise result. So yeah, we went last season, didn't we? And it was a really decent, fiery encounter, which was, was good because, you know, after for me especially, missing so much football last year and it being behind closed doors it really brought a decent atmosphere so yeah if, if you can get down anyone listening can get down and support the girls i mean you, it'd be in for a really exciting afternoon yeah and you get to go to the home of non-league football as well which is obviously is, is hayes lane which is uh, just just adds to it for for me uh right let's uh talk about the cup draw now of course we've been drawn away uh in the cup it's confirmed it's going to be on friday uh, the 3rd of December as well, 7.45. We still don't know where or, or who we're playing, though. It's going to be either Gateshead or Altrincham. They're playing a the replay on Tuesday. Uh, Johnny Jackson was asked for his thoughts on the draw uh, earlier on today. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great draw. They'll be, they'll be looking at it again as another potential banana skin, a non-league team against a, a league team, a league one team. So um, it's a great tie. It's a great tie, obviously. Yes, you do. You know, you want, you, you want that home draw. Especially now, it means we've got to play four away games 
on the bounce. So um, I was hoping that our ball would come out first and then I wasn't particularly bothered by, by the next one out. But brilliant tie, brilliant tie. Uh, good opportunity for us to get into the third round. The opposition will be looking at it as an opportunity to cause an upset. So it's got everything that you want really from an FA Cup tie. But from your decided pick in the first round, I'm guessing the third round is still uh, the big target, so uh, it'll be reflected in the, in the side you put out for the second as well, I guess. Yeah, of course. I'll repeat what I said before. You know, any team that I put out there should be, I would expect, strong enough to win the game. I would never put a team out that I didn't, didn't think could win that game. So it'll be a chance, again, to utilise the squad. Uh, but we'll be going there to win it, to get in that hat for the third round, for sure. There we go, Jacko buzzing with a draw, as I think all of us were, really, Mark. And, you know, a bonus that, I mean, it's a shame it's going to be on the Friday, because that will rule out quite a few people from going. Um, but at the same time, I mean, at least it's going to be on TV, so it's a chance for us to embarrass ourselves in front of a, a national audience, instead of just a more localised one like normal. Yeah, well, you, you say national audience, it's ITV4. I think we're, we're sandwiched between a 1978 episode of Minder and something like um, some police rescue um, programme. So I don't think there's going to be too many people tuning in to watch it, but unless it's you're a Charlton fan. But it's a, um, it's a great draw, isn't it? It's proper FA Cup draw, that one. Oh, no, it is. And you can understand, as, as soon as it came out, I was like, that's going to be on TV because... You know, it is. It would be, you know, a giant killing because you look where we are, look where they oh, are. Gates head aren't that big. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll remind you this in a couple of weeks when we lose to them. Um, yeah, it's so, and you know, Jacko wants to take it seriously, so it's not like he's going to play the same team we played in the pizza. So I think they'll be looking for it if if we come up against them. And you're right, it's Friday night, so you know, ordinarily we'd be taking, I should imagine, quite a lot to a new ground. Um, but maybe, maybe 200, you know, but they'll make noise and obviously the home crowd will be up for it. So we'll have to be on our game. We'll have to be on our metal. So any preference, Lewis, as to who we get? I mean, I'll, I'll state mine now. I'd rather we go to Orchardham just because I think they're, I mean, it'd be a tougher test because obviously they're in the league above, but their ground looks like a proper, proper tight little ground. And I've actually been past Gateshead's ground on the on the metro between Newcastle and Sunderland, and you know, it doesn't look like the most enticing of football stadiums. Um, but I do think the Orchardham game would be a bigger test just because it would be so compact. But that's, as I said, that's what the FA Cup's all about. Yeah, I mean, no real preference for me, although I, I did have a stat for you, which I found today. Um, Orchardham are the... They've got the most giant killings in the FA Cup. Oh, God. <laughs> in non, so in their time in the non-league, they've knocked out 17 football league clubs. 17? 17, That's yeah. That's impressive. We, we must be, I mean, we must be up there or down there as one of the, the league clubs with the fewest, um, sort of be, being the scalp the fewest times because I think we've only ever been knocked out by Northwich, haven't we, from from non-league. Obviously came really close against Dagenham and Redbridge back in about 2000. Um, but yeah, we, we, we tend to survive these games. But to be fair, I, don't, I can't remember the last time we actually went away to a non-league side. I'm guessing it is Northwich, unless, unless you can remember differently there, Lewis. Um, yeah, I think it was North, which was, or maybe Halifax Town was that. FA oh Cup? yeah, I, I went to that. Yeah, was, but was that before? We won that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, I went to that one. Yeah, so Halifax then. Yeah, but it's still it's a long time since we played one of these games, and I mean they are, they are banana skin in waiting. I mean, if it was up to me, I would be putting out our full strength side for that, Lewis. Would you, I mean? Would you? Am I going too far there? Uh, no, I think you know I would take it seriously, definitely, especially. We know what it's like, especially on ITV <laughs> with the Northwich one. I remember that was the most embarrassing thing going. I, I think my preference would be Gateshead because I don't want to be number eighteen in the uh, in the altering and record. But um, yeah, it's it's 
you know, it's, it'd be nice to get to the third round and try and get a decent cup away trip because last year behind closed doors, we had that trip to West Ham that none of us could go to. And that would have been something that we would, we would have sold out and uh, it'd be nice to have a bit of a cup run this year. I mean, at the moment, obviously our, our aim is to push ourselves further up the league, but we're not in a promotion battle at the moment. So why not, why not have a try and go for a cup run and at least try and get to the third, fourth round and try and get a big tie that would be really good for the club financially and, and give the supporters a really good day out if we manage to get a decent away tie. Mm, certainly. I mean, are, are you annoyed, Mark, that it's been put to the Friday? I, I know you're not you're not one who tends to do the away games, but is it one you had your eye on? And the, the argument between the the, uh, the the moving of the kickoff time making it difficult for the, for the travelling fans. But I guess I mean, the FA Cup is a competition that... You know, I've, I've I've got a lot of time for, and and it brings it to a wider audience in terms of the TV um, that a lot of people wouldn't have seen that game. So I guess I, mean, I guess there's, there's a bit of both really to to contemplate there. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I miss the away games, um, but you know, as a joy of having little three year olds. Um, but no, it's one of those ones. I think it, moving it to a Friday, you know, like I said to you before, it does affect it, and. Um, you know, an away tie is, is is something different. You know, you do tend to get you know the hardcore and the noise, and you know, you know there would have been one person who would have loved that game um, to, to hang his flag up. And uh, so it's it's one of those things. It's it is what it is. I mean, they probably would have preferred it here because they'd probably get a little more revenue from it, but. I think they'll look at home advantage and don't what kind of muddy pitch they've got and they'll think they'll see that as a leveller, you know, and they'll use that and say, you know, these prima donna first division um, players, they don't like it. So we'll have to go there and say, right, we we can mix it. So mm, Excellent stuff. Right, uh, let's... Uh, I wanted to discuss actually one, one player... Uh, who who's played in midweek and played in the cup game uh, again? We had a brief chat about him on on Sunday show actually, but uh, Albie Morgan obviously was uh, the captain of the side for the trip to Leighton Orient. Uh, having sort of spoke about him on on Sunday show, I wanted to ask Jacko uh, what he's what he made of of Albie so far this season, uh, and of course the fact he was given the captain's armband uh, on uh, Tuesday evening. No, it's been difficult for him. I gave him the armband. I thought he was the most senior Charlton. Charlton appearances amongst that group, so I thought it was the right thing to give him the uh, the armband. He's not he's not a you know a junior player anymore. So Albie needs to you know he needs to keep applying himself. I thought I thought he like he always does. He gave everything out there. Um, however, I you know other conversations and I want him to be smarter in his play and his positioning. Um, he's trying to take on board the things that I want from from players in his position. Um, and it's an opportunity for him to get more minutes. You know, he needs to he needs to grab those opportunities, and he needs to continue training hard and uh, and trying to convince me that he should be in the starting eleven, like you know, the league starting eleven, through what he does in these games and what he does on the training pitch. Inter- interesting stuff from Jack. Obviously, um, I was noting how he would speak differently than than Lee Bowyer would when when talking about a player. You know, it's an opportunity for him. He has asked for him to to do things. You know, be be a bit more smarter. Uh, in his play, but you know, I mean, since since Jacko's come in, Lewis Albie's not played a minute of, of League One football. He last uh, last started in 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 the last game under Nigel Atkins, of course, that three two defeat against Accrington Stanley. But he had started the first six league games of the season. Then out of the next eleven, I think it was only started three. So out of favour again, and uh, it's getting to that stage now where we we keep waiting for Albie to burst burst into life and. Just not sure. I'm not sure now 
if and when it's going to happen. And it's a player that we all really uh, want to do well. But I don't know, loan spell necessary now? 100%. I think you're, you're bang on. You know, he's a player that we all desperately want to succeed. He came in in that promotion season at, at 18 years of age and, and really performed and had some really strong performances and then also got an opportunity in the championship to play well and didn't look massively out of place either. And this season especially, you know, he got given that number 10 shirt at the start of the year and we've all been saying, you know, this is the year for him. He's going to be a really important player in that midfield starting every week and we've just not seen it. He's been really inconsistent. I think maybe at the start, under Nigel, he was played in a in an unfamiliar position that maybe didn't suit him, and it, that put him out out of his strengths a little bit and out of his depth. But even when he's come in now, he's he's not done enough. And he played the cup game on Saturday, and when he came off, I'm not saying it's all on him, but when he came off, we went and scored four goals, and it doesn't sound like the performance Tuesday was was up to a huge amount either. So maybe Albie's a player that's struggling for confidence at the moment, struggling to hit a constant run of form, and. You know, when he did go out on loan, we were in the championship. I think he went out to he went out to Ebbsfleet, didn't which really surprised uh, really surprised me. I, th- I thought it'd be more suited to getting a, like a League Two loan or something. So maybe now would be a good time for him to to find that opportunity in January to have you know have half a season out in League Two, see how he gets on. And for me, ideally, I think he would need a whole season just to to play and, and toughen up and get minutes behind his belt, get his confidence up a little bit because. At the moment, he's he's not getting that here. So, yeah, I think a loan move for Albi would be the best option at the moment. Excellent stuff. Right, we're going to hear from Dave Fletcher from BBC Radio Derby. Uh, in a few moments' time, we've got some of your messages ahead of this game uh, with Burton Albi. And Phil says, hi, guys, I think JJ will miss bouncing ideas off you all as they seem to work well together. However, I believe that we have enough if the lads keep up the high work rate and passion shown recently to get a result. Uh, three points would definitely show we're well on our way back. I went to Orient on Tuesday. I thought the, the young lads did well. Uh, the forwards were up against it with their defence uh, comprising first-team players and much more experience and strength than our young players. And the atmosphere was brilliant, especially uh, when we had the right side of the goal singing to the left side and vice versa. I hope uh, White Shirt has taken the hint and bought a bigger size for the next game. Well, I'd have to, uh, I wasn't involved in that crowd banter, so it would be interesting to see what that song was. Cheers for that, uh, Phil. Clive says uh, he's uh, interested in... Oh, actually, I think this, this deserves a longer conversation, Clive, so I'm going to save that for Sunday because he's talking about contracts and stuff. Uh, so I'll hang on to that one for now, Clive, if that's all right with you. Um, but uh, let's have a look at some of the tweets as well that have come in. Uh, Alan says, I'm confident uh, based on JJ's team. Uh, play the way we have been and we can beat any team in the league. Connor's work rate will be a miss, uh, but I assume Josh Davison will start uh, and he will be a pain for the Burton defence. It's a shame the FA Cup game's uh, not a daytime kickoff now, as I think we would have sold out. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I do think we probably would have taken more if it was a Saturday. Uh, but there we go. Right, Jimmy says, uh, maybe an unpopular opinion, but I'd, uh, I'd uh, rather the game was called off. Washington will be a huge miss in my opinion, uh, with the position we're in. I'd rather we were able to play our strongest possible squad. Uh, last thing we want is a repeat of our last visit. Still in Jacko, we trust. Uh, come on, you Reds. That's from Jimmy. The Madonka's right foot uh, did say they're glad uh, it's on because the momentum uh, is the key. Right, Stu says, uh, strangely enough, I'm feeling confident uh, if uh, there is an increase, uh, if, if the increase in the league uh, games continue. Uh, Platy says another game uh, which we will see where we are in terms of improvement Sunderland and Rotherham showed we are up there but we need wins at places like Burton to climb uh, the league Connor Washington will be missed uh, but I assume uh, Jonathan, uh, Josh Davison will be in 
and, and he will run for the team and he says he's Leko back whereas we heard Leko probably going to be too soon for him according to Jacko uh, earlier on in the show right let's hear from uh, the Burton point of view for the game Dave Fletcher uh, from BBC Radio Derby was kind enough to speak to me uh, last night and let us know a little bit about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's side well they made a, a really good start to the season because they won their first three matches including wins over Sunderland and Ipswich before we knew how poor Ipswich were at the start of the season, although they've improved, obviously. And everybody got really excited. And they sort of hit a bump in the road after that. And they're just coming round now in the last four matches. They won the first two of those four, lost the most two recently, but they go to Fleetwood in the FA Cup uh, last weekend uh, and and got a very impressive win in some very, very poor conditions. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of changes uh, under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank firstly when he came in last January when he brought a dozen players in uh, and he's brought another 10 players or so in in the summer so uh, I, I think overall they'd be relatively pleased with where they are yeah I mean what, what were the expectations at the start of the season because I guess obviously they had that amazing run in the second half of last year that saw them stay up quite comfortably mm-hmm. in the end were they were there any expectations of, of, of a playoff challenge this year well, the first thing I would say about the remarkable escape was that, it, that obviously people who follow League One will have spotted it and seen it and uh, agreed how remarkable it was. It sort of went under the radar a bit elsewhere because they did it so comfortably in the end. And yeah, you're right, because they've done so well under Hasselbank and they did well under Hasselbank in his first spell as well, obviously getting promotion um, from League Two, that, um, that, that there was... A bit of expectation, but I don't think the supporters put an awful lot of demands on them. I'm relatively new to covering Burton on a week-by-week basis. And yes, they want to see their team win and they want to see their team try, but they're sort of givens, aren't they, really? Whether or not they said, well, we could we could go to the playoffs. I think Hasselbank would certainly be aiming for that because uh, whenever he's been at Burton, he's always had pretty decent success. Um but I'm not sure whether anybody set any targets. Trying to get Jimmy to talk about the league table last season was an absolute nightmare. And in the end, I just gave up because uh, he steadfastly refuses to talk about where they are in the league. It's all about the process. It's all about uh, doing what they do and nothing to do with the opposition. It's the usual manager speak when he's when he's on the record. And, uh, and that's how they go about their business. If you talk to the players, he's obviously said an awful lot to them about exactly the same thing. And they say the same thing as well. But I'm sure deep down given the quality of player that they've got, although they had suffered one or two injuries early in the season, which sort of set them back a bit. But given the quality of players that they've now got at the club, that uh, they would certainly expect to be in the top 10. Yeah, I mean, for the size of the club, does being in League One still feel like it's a bit of a of an overachievement? Because obviously they've, they've been up and down the divisions, but I mean, historically they're... They're a non-league club for quite a long, a long time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you, you go to the ground. It, it is. A, it's a small ground, the Pirelli Stadium. It's it, it's a very nice ground, but it's a very small ground. Uh, and I don't think there's a non-league mentality necessarily, but for the size of club and the support they get, I mean, to get a crowd of four thousand inside the Pirelli is, is quite an achievement. Then yeah, I mean, they are a very, very small club, even by League One standards. When you look down the attendance figures and that kind of thing, well-run club. Um, no question about it. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I still think the well, championship was clearly an overachievement and a, it was an incredible effort to stay in there for two seasons. But having had a taste of that, that's clearly where uh, everybody would like like them to be. And there's, there's no reason why they can't, I, I suppose. Um, 
but they are they are a, even even my league one stands as I say they are a small club. And finally, then just looking ahead to Saturday's game, obviously Charlton we're going to be down a couple of players because of the international break. Um, are Burton missing any? And 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 who would you say are sort of like the, the key men among among the squad going into Saturday's game? They will be missing a couple of players. Daniel Jebison, the, uh, the the young lad striker on loan from Sheffield United, who scored the winner against Fleetwood. He's away with England under nineteens. Tom Taylor, who played in that game, played the full 90 minutes, is away with the Wales under-21s. And Tom Hamer, who put the pass through for Jefferson to score the winning goal at Fleetwood, is suspended, having got to five bookings for the season. Um, we haven't seen Lucas Aikens for a couple of matches. He'll be key. I mean, he's always key, Lucas. Uh, he's just passed uh, 300 Football League appearances for Burton Albion. He's, he's a bit of a, a club legend. He may well be back, which will be good news indeed, because he's a very adaptable player. But instead of playing up front, he may well be playing at the back because he's played in all 10 outfield positions for uh, for Burton over his time there. But the, the key men are the, are the three centre, the, 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 the centre-backs and the two defensive midfielders that Jimmy likes to play. Connor Shocknessy, uh, Ryan Leake and Dejioshi Larger, who's been playing at the back as well, have been superb all season. Uh, and Tom O'Connor, who's twice scored from corners. Uh, he did it in successive matches. Uh, keep an eye out for him. He is a very, very fine player indeed. There we go. Uh, former, so two former addicts uh, going head-to-head in the, in the dugout on on uh, Saturday, Mark. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Floyd Asmay never, never really hit the heights for us uh, as a player that he did have in his career, and he did have a very good uh, career, uh, obviously mainly at Chelsea. Uh, but managerial-wise, I mean, him and Burton seem to be the perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, Hasselbank has got the enigma of being the striker in my worst chart on 11 I've ever seen. Um, but he's taken to management. I think he's doing the right thing. He's doing... A lower league apprenticeship. It's not like he's one of these people who goes, "Oh, I've only played Premiership, so I'm only going to be a Premiership uh, manager." And I think he's he's working well with what he's got. I think I think when he came in last year, they were really in dire straits, and then they went on an amazing run. I think of about nine games that were unbeaten, and I think it seems to be a good fit up there. Uh, I think we're a different proposition, you know from what we were last year. I think we're a different proposition to what we were four weeks ago. So, I mean, we talked about it before on the show, saying, you know, for everyone who looks at our previous games, you know, judges from Sunderland on, don't bother looking at the start of the season because you're not going to get the, the true Charlton. Um, so I, th- I think it'll be an interesting one. And, you know, hopefully if we negate... If I remember rightly, they've got a guy who can throw the ball from like the halfway line and they, they use him quite a bit. So, you know, the centre-halves have to be on it. But I'm not so worried, you know, as I would have been, say, four weeks ago mm. because I think we've got things in the armoury who can hurt them, especially people like Elliot Lee, who, you know, I absolutely adore. I think he's a real good X-Factor player for us because he's got the skills and can, got quick feet and I, I think he's he's, well, he's he's showing he's really sort of almost too good for this division. So we've got to make the most out of players we've got like that. Mm. Now, one of the things that really caught my attention uh, in that conversation with Dave is when he said that Dead Josh Alaja is one of uh, Burton's best players, Lewis. Um, you know, I, was, I think I think it was fairly obvious to anyone who listened to the show last season. But I wasn't his biggest fan. I didn't. I, I think he had a, a hell of a mistake in him. But at the same time, you know, I don't think. I don't think Lee Bowie was probably the best manager for him. And, and obviously there was that situation where we were told in the press that 
a certain pl- uh, well, one player was never going to play again for for Lee. And I, f- I, f- I think if you can read between the lines, I think it's quite obvious it was Deji after the amount of mistakes he did make. But I'm, I'm kind of pleased for him that he seems more settled at Burton. I just hope he returns to the, the Deji I knew and loved last season on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, it's an interesting comment, isn't it? Because I don't think Deji set too many um, too many worlds alike. Wearing here, the captain's armband as well. I know, I saw that. I did see that. But um, yeah, I mean, he came in for us in the championship, didn't he? And he, he did have a mistake in him, but he was quite popular. He had that song, and there were a few good performances from him in the championship. But yeah, in League One last year it was a real a real nightmare. But um, yeah, you know, he's moved on now, isn't he? And he's at Burton and. You know, I hope he does well, but hopefully Saturday he's, he's got a few mistakes in him as well because then, you know, get our own back. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right, well, we've run out of time then on this week's uh, Big Match Preview. Thanks for everyone who's tuned in and sent your messages in as well. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at the game uh, against Burton Albion. And uh, yeah, we uh, hope, hope to have your messages in as well on that show. So if you want to get involved, make sure you email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, or you can tweet us at Charlton Live. Don't forget to check out the Charlton Live Instagram page uh, and our Facebook page as well for loads of lovely little pictures that I put up every now and then. Right, thank you to Mark and to Lewis for joining me on the show this week. Cheers, You're welcome, mate. mate. Good to speak to you both. Hope you're feeling better soon, uh, Lewis. And I guess you'll be listening from home on, uh, on, on Saturday, which is a shame, but... Uh, yeah hopefully we can pick up three points to make you feel better right I'm Louis Mendes thanks for listening and we'll see you again on Sunday Charles and Charles and